Welcome to A Joy To Be Me, a podcast empowering women out of overwhelm, uncertainty, and breakdown to love and embrace who they are. Tune in to learn how to avoid the pitfalls of burnout and start following your ultimate bliss. It's time for the modern woman and mother to start taking her pleasure seriously and let her creativity flow and pursue her big and beautiful dreams. I'm your host, Lydia Joy. Let's have some fun. Happy Monday, everyone. It's Lydia on the heels of the new moon in Libra yesterday, and I literally just got my flow. (laughs) I hope you guys had a chance to check out my last episode, number 142, where I briefly shared my journey this past year in community building. And one of the things I've actually been encouraging in my small community is honoring a woman's cycle. I've even been sharing with the guys, my friends, um, to help them understand more about the different ebbs and flows so I can just be honest about where I need a little extra support. And ancestrally, women would have been way better cared for during their menses. It was a sacred time where they were given time to tap into their intuition. Um, You know, there's a lot of cool historical stories about what tribal women were doing given um, during that time in terms of support. And I really think we could stand to revisit this greatly um, because our current societal infrastructure is poorly set up for women's health uh, with this in mind. And for myself, after primarily raising four boys all on my own, you know, I've started taking my needs around my cycle way more seriously Um, and it's just been really honoring it much more in, um, these last, you know, five years or so. And I've really attempted to create a flow in my life that aligns with all my different cycle phases. And so instead of letting the 24 seven, you know, circadian rhythm, societal infrastructure that honors a man's cycle dictate what I need to do as a woman, I've allowed myself, um, more leniency in creating a a flow in my scheduling and my lifestyle that makes sense for me. And so before I dig into the meat of this episode and share more about, you know, the physiology piece of this, I want to share a really cool piece of writing that I found that powerfully paints the picture women are facing in the modern world's infrastructure, particularly in the face of not having a village for support. And it's called A Letter to the System. I am a mama without a village. I raise, cook, wash, tend, clean, taxi drive, hold space, tend emotions. I work, make money to pay rent, food, school, car, and more. I set boundaries, fold washing, sweep floors, plant trees, organize schooling, breakfast time, lunch time, dinner time, bedtime, time to work, crammed in school times, time for groceries. While I bring my gifts and talents into the world despite my fears, I am present, I heal, I rest, time to rest. I give hugs for children's feelings, kisses on scratched knees. I guard safety with clear nose, healthy organic food all around, bike rides, movie times, bedtime stories, morning routines, teeth brushing, dramas, playdates, birthday parties, Christmas presents, Saturday morning pancakes. If I was Superwoman, I would cook bulk food each Sunday. But fortunately on Sundays, I strike. It takes a village, but my village is running for the same errands. My daily job is weaving a safety net in tribal colors and exactly that job that I don't have time or energy for. 
I always thought I was somehow escaping the system, but boy, have you got me in a corner with my back against the wall now. I am guilty of being woman. I am guilty of being mother, a hungry system sapping my woman powers while selling my woman value on old worn-out streets where I bargain for a little bit more time to work. Meanwhile, I'm expected to look good, work good, be good. I'm expected to be forever full moon. But actually, my back says I need a massage. My sacrum says I need more support. I am all about the mamas without their villages. And still, I rise. I will wear my invisible village like a blanket throughout time. I'll hug the new moon, listen to my bleeding body, and follow her guidance home. I may fail in your expectations, and you may fail to acknowledge the gross imbalance, but still I rise. All right, ladies. (laughs) And the men that love the ladies, let's go ahead and dive into talking about your menstrual phase today. If you haven't checked out my last two cycle phase related episodes, episode 138 and 140, where I covered the ovulation and luteal phases, go ahead and do so. Those will help be helpful to you as well. And just as a quick recap and reminder, the four phases of women's infradian rhythm, aka monthly cycle, are menstruation, follicular, ovulation, and luteal. Again, your hormones are completely different in each of these four phases. It's important to know this. It's important to really deeply learn this. We have not been honored in this world in these times in light of this physiological uh, piece of our health. And so it's important. Um, And today I'm just going to highlight the menstrual phase. Super high level overview here, guys. So our hormones in our menstrual phase, um, we have progesterone production dropping off as the corpus luteum disappears, and this is going to trigger the shedding of your uterus lining, which is your bleed. Estrogen peaks, it then drops, it stimulates your hypothalamus to then prepare for another cycle of ovulation. And so in this phase, this uh, particular hormone shift can contribute depending on where your body is at, uh, to some specific symptoms potentially that can include things like pelvic cramping, low backache, fatigue, cravings. You can also, uh, even just kind of feel more chill, (laughs) especially as that estrogen peak passes. Now, uh, since our hormone levels decline quickly to their lowest, and this creates the best communication between the left brain, which is your analytical brain, and the right brain, which is your feeling side. And this this phase makes it the best time to really synthesize how you feel about situations. You know, you can use facts more clearly to help you determine uh, a, a good course of action for you. So, you know, your brain, it's way more powerful than any other time of your cycle during this phase. And you can use that to your advantage, ladies. It's the best time to receive clear, intuitive gut messages and even like channel that into a form of art such as song, uh, songwriting or, or poetry or whatever, you know, you want to just like nail writing down or putting into form. Um, so for example, in episode 136, I shared a piece of writing that I did that just came pouring through me during my menstrual phase this summer. It was a couple months back 
It, that episode is from July 26, and it's called She is Powerful. If you want to go check it out, it's short and sweet. It's literally only me reading my writing to you. Um, so, yeah, so I feel like this is really valuable in, the, in light of what I just shared about honoring the phases. So in your menstrual phase, if you're, you know, if you are in a corporate job and you have a packed out life, like you may have, find it a little harder to really use your intuition during a, a, a time like this because you're, you're just in such a high demand um, at such a low energy. So this is like one example of why it can be really important to adjust your schedule as much as you possibly can to honor where you are at. You know, it's a great time to allow extra time to process, analyze, review, even think more strategically about where you want to take things, you know, the big picture in your life. Um, it's one reason why it's cool to me that menstruation falling on the new moon makes a lot of sense. You should be a new moon bleeder in light of that information. Now, again, I don't, when I say should, look, we ebb and flow ladies, so don't feel bad if you do not bleed on the new moon, but it makes a lot of sense that if we can line up with that because it marks the beginning of a lunar cycle. And we know that our female cycle is also known as our moon time. Um, the new moon's when the moon is at its darkest. It's uh, a beginning time to set intentions, launch new projects. The new moon also actually sets up a kind of a six month cycle for us, um, which completes when the full moon under the same sign arrives six months later, which I find that very fascinating, by the way, I would love to talk about this more at some point, but anyways, I like to do a tarot spread during this time and journal a lot and just see what comes up for me. Um, so I use this time to really like kind of help me plan out the, the next month and I'm even learning to kind of look at the next six months, um, you know, and, and kind of check in on some things during this time each month too. So it's really cool. Um, so it's a great time to just turn inward, tap into this energy, reflect on where you are now, make sure, you know, what you think you want still feels good. Great time to declutter, <laughs> figure out if you still feel good about what you're doing in all the various different areas of your life, how you're spending your time, who you're spending it with. You know, it's a good few days to just really reevaluate, figure out what you may need to do to recalibrate and just get back on track once you are shifting into another phase where you have more energy. Okay. And then when, when it comes to movement in your life, this phase is really important to think about because society, again, <laughs> we're always supposed to be on 24-7, around the clock, rah, rah, rah. but we are not men um, and we're not robots and we shouldn't listen to society's demands because it's not set up for human health. So your energy is at its lowest, remember. And so, ladies, you can rest you're allowed to rest. It's a good time to rest. It's a good time to recoup. It's a, a great time to take a nap. Naps are actually productive. I shouldn't have to say that, but we have such hypervigilance still going on in our culture that I have to give you permission that way sometimes. <laughs> um, it's really good to be gentle in your movement and not overdo it especially in the very beginning during this, like maybe the heaviest phase or that sharp shift 
from luteal to menstruation where your hormones just drop. Um, you can just really feel it in your body and your energy. Um, you know, and so just feel free to rest just because we see stupid commercials about period products that can let us keep on trucking and, you know, doing our sports and going to the gym and doing all the things doesn't mean that's in alignment with your body's best needs. Remember, marketing doesn't give a shit about your health in case you needed that little reminder. So here's the thing though, is like, it's only five days, you know, three to five days, right? So as your energy picks back up, you can do a little bit more to match the energy that you have as it picks back up. You don't have to force yourself to do some workout or whatever just because you think you're being lazy for a couple of days. You're not. Your body's working really hard. So for example, this morning, you know, I, like I said, I got my period so guess what I did? I did a 20 minute super gentle Hatha style yoga, um, that other month, <laughs> you know, that other times of the month I was just like, Oh, I could, I do this kind of thing all day, every day. I'm always moving around and stretching and whatever. But today it was like, you know what? I just need to start my day with this little bit and I will feel, it will make me feel, you know, like I'm just doing just enough to support myself right now. So, you know, you want to be thinking, doing things like walking, not, you don't have to speed walk or do epic hikes either. Just remember, match your energy. If your energy's low, go low and slow. Um, yin yoga, you know, you can do gentle mat stretching. Honestly, I just want to get in some kind of flotation device and float maybe. <laughs> that sounds like a good thing for me. <laughs> um, but seriously, just keep it. Keep it in mind that you don't have to push during this time. You don't have to push at all. Um, work with that energy. Go really slow. Keep it light. Keep it simple. All right. And then food. So we, we always want to think about food in each cycle phase because different foods can result in different energetic experiences in your body. So it's important to align them with the energy you experience or the kind of energy you need the most to feel great during each phase of your cycle. So since your body is working hard during menstruation, it's eliminating the lining of your uterus, guys. This is hard work. It's like, you know, um, some of you maybe have experienced giving birth and some of you may have experienced, you know, what contractions can feel like and releasing that lining has a little bit of that, you know, a mild resemblance of that energy. Um, and it does, it takes a lot out of you, you know, so you're going to want to add restorative nutrients to your dietary intake and you want to keep your blood sugar stable always forevermore, always, always, but sometimes it's a little more challenging than others. So it's going to be important to focus on, you know, good balance of protein, fats, lower glycemic vegetables and fruits. Um, so you're, you know, you're getting those crucial micronutrients, antioxidants and fibers for your microbiome. Um, and you just really want to provide your body with the building blocks that are needed to support the hormonal reactions that are occurring in your body. And each phase has different nutrient demands. So it's a good, you know, time to really hone in on the nutrient dense foods that can help you remineralize. And this is going to be key to help you replace what you lose during your bleed. So when you lose blood, you know, there's certain concentrations of nutrients in the blood, right? Um, a lot of times people will automatically start to think about iron, which, you know, is true. So in part, you know, we 
it's actually not a bad thing in part, you know, we also want to keep in mind, you know, mineral rich foods that have iron and zinc and things like that. Now you don't need to go overboard on it, particularly on the zinc. A little can go a long way and food can be sufficient in this phase for those things. Um, so things like seafood, I like particularly like clams that are really high in, um, minerals. You don't have to eat them if you don't like them. I'm just throwing it out there. Um, sea vegetables uh, can be nice. Um, you know, sometimes things like a miso soup or, you know, some homemade bone broth or veggie soups with bone broth, or even like a mushroom broth or a veggie broth and making sure you're adding those minerals back in and maybe you're putting some extra salt or some concentrates or whatever. Um, and focusing on that during this phase, um, Oregon meats, this is where I personally tend to eat more beef, um, in the month than any other time. And I like to buy the ground beef organ blend from my farmer. And that's when I really, really focus on eating more of that, um, you know, to just support myself, um, so yeah, it's a good time to really, it's, it's tough because, you know, if you don't feel great, you may not be in the mood to cook. So you may want to think about this ahead of time, you know, track your cycle, know when you're expecting it. So you know what to have on hand or have a few key recipes you really like. Um, tell your family, your partner, your husband, your whoever, or find your place where you buy these things pre-made. You know, I mean, I go to a lot of really local local farms and, you know, local vendors that make amazing food. And so this is a time when maybe you want to think, hey, do they have some things that support me during my menstrual phase that I could buy in advance? So I'm supported, you know, just, you just want to be strategic. You know, that's a that's the key and, and big piece of why I love, and this is my Virgo, guys, you can benefit from <laughs> the Virgo, uh, uh, organization and mind that we have uh, around like planning and preparation, you know, when you know your cycle phases, when you understand your needs, um, you really can be well prepared. You don't have to, it doesn't have to hit you and shock you and throw you off guard. You know, I mean, you have a cycle every month, you might as well get, uh, a plan in place to, to work on this. Right. I also currently am drinking my molasses latte. It's something I like to drink during this phase, more so in the warmer, uh, sorry, in the cooler months. So we just hit the fall and I'm wanting all the yummy, yummy sips right now, the yummy warm sips. And so I make an, a molasses latte during this phase for the extra minerals, as well as the spices helping with the, you know, circulation and flow. Um, and it's, can be a nice home remedy actually, particularly for women who might struggle with heavier periods or cramping. Um, and molasses are just a superfood. They're like loaded with minerals, even B vitamins some B6. And, um, that's what you really want, uh, during this phase. So basically it's, you know, 16 ounces of liquid, 12, 16 ounces of liquid. So you can do whatever milk you drink or like today I'm doing, a combination of water to steep the tea and then some raw cream that I just got this past week. So you got all those fat soluble vitamins, um, to help you absorb your minerals. Um, I added a pinch of salt, a tablespoon of molasses, some cinnamon, ginger, and nutmeg, and I made rooibos tea. So it's like a, a, a tea latte, if you will. And it's super yummy. 
And it's just something that I recommend to my clients who maybe have heavier heavier bleeds um, to just really load them up with those minerals and, um, you know, restore what they're losing. So that's an idea for you there um, to to think about and um, just be, be strategic as well as nurture and nourish yourself. Now, as far as nutrients during the cycle, you know, I'm going to go based on kind of my mineral balancing world with HTMA where I can see people's uh, current biochemistry, and then I can help my clients target their supplemental nutrients according to their cycle phases. So depending on what their current, you know, extra nutritional needs are through supplementation, um, we target this. So I'm going to mention what I tend to, to focus on. doesn't mean you should go out there and do this directly. It's just a broad overview to, to think about. Um, so, you know, we, can actually benefit from more of the stimulating um, type of things. You know, it, they help to raise your sodium. Uh, sodium in the hair analysis correlates with adrenals and aldosterone. And, you know, this is a time where we have really low energy and the adrenals could really use some help. And so we think of things like B vitamins, which is why I mentioned the molasses. Things like manganese. Uh, manganese helps raise the sodium in the HTMA world. Glandulars, which is why I mentioned organ meats in my food. Um, and then even, you know, some people might need a little more B6. Um, and it doesn't hurt to have some type of a digestive aid, uh, any cycle phase, honestly, to support our energy in, in breaking down our food. So we utilize it better. It's a time where I, I often have my clients pause other nutrients like zinc or magnesium because they're more sedative um, and taurine and other things, molybdenum, because I don't want to, you know, uh, affect the, the copper because um, it could extend the bleeding by lowering copper and estrogen since the two are intertwined. Um, and so those are just some things that I, I try to target and why I try to target them for this bleed phase. Um, so it's something you may want to think about if you are, you know, a heavy bleeder, you know, are you taking things that could be making it worse and maybe just pause for those couple of days. Um, and then once you're done bleeding, you can, you know, resume your regular recommended nutrition programs. Um, this has actually been a lifesaver for so many of my clients. Um, to implement, you know, like the targeting of their supplemental nutrition during each phase. So I just wanted to put that out there because, um, I don't think it's something that we hear much about and it certainly could be um, very supportive for many people. And as I've said before in the past few episodes, you know, and I did, I did want this to be a short, sweet overview for you. Um, is that, you know, because when you're able to, like, understand your physiology, basically, like, decode it, if you will, um, and know where your physiology should be, even though maybe it isn't perfectly there, ladies, because let's be honest, it's hard to have happy, healthy, balanced hormones. But generally speaking, knowing where your physiology should be helps you to um, target how you can help your body both heal as well as, you know, soar through each phase, 
um, create the life you desire versus the stupid infrastructure that's bullshit and does not meet you as the individual human woman where you are at. Um, yeah, I'm a little ranty today. Did you notice? But seriously, guys, it's so, it's so uh, frustrating to have experienced this world, you know, trying to fit into a paradigm that makes no sense based on our female bodies and hormones. So it's really, really important to tune into this, take care of your body, you know, so you can have the most filling, fulfilling life you want to have, you know, it's totally possible. We just, we do have to take some time to learn these things though, and understand how our body works. Um, don't expect someone else to come and teach you. Like, unfortunately we should have had that, but we didn't. So because we didn't, um, it's our job to learn it for ourselves. And, you know, then also you may need to learn some of the underlying causes of your specific hormonal health issues and what you need to do um, daily, cyclically to maintain a better balance in your body. Um, so again, I've told you before, I am not here to achieve some uh, um, idealistic, perfect health um, I'm not sure how that even exists really in nature. Um, so it doesn't make sense to strive for some sort of perfection, but I am here to live as fully as I possibly can, which really does require me to love myself and take ownership of my health and my own well-being. And that's what I'm about. And that's what I'm taking a stand for. And I love to support other women who are on the same journey. So if you ever need extra support, you know, I'm here. Reach out. Um, you can learn how to work with me. You can check out my website, LydiaJoy.me. You can email me at connect at LydiaJoy.me. And if you're new to the podcast and this is the first episode you've heard on any of this, definitely head back to the episodes I mentioned to you throughout this episode so you can get more uh, insight, uh, more understanding. Repetition is the mother of all learning, and we've been programmed through repetition in society. So we, in order to relearn and decondition and recondition, we've got to lather, rinse, repeat, and learn and learn and learn and learn until it becomes who we are. And I did not get here overnight. I did not sync my cycle in such a way that I am now <laughs> overnight. It's taken me years. Um, so be patient with yourself. Um, and then, you know, get the support when you need it, you know, and that's why I just wanted to mention that's what I do and I'm here for it. So feel free to reach out. And I have one more phase to cover, um, which probably will come in the next week or so. And that's the follicular phase. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening to a joy to be me. I will see you on the next episode. Please share this episode, tell a friend or tag me on Instagram at Lydia joy me. And if you like the show, rate or review, five stars are great. On whatever platform you are listening, Google Play, iTunes, just leave a comment there. It totally helps me out. I appreciate you.